0: This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United is the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Sales leadership frameworks, mindset tools, skill set tools, performance coaching, sales leadership training tools, video insights with some of the world's most successful sales leaders, tools used by sales leaders to create massive impact in the current environment. So don't waste your time trying to reinvent sales leadership. Head to Sales Leadership United on Patreon and check out what the world's most complete collection of sales leadership assets can do for you. Every topic you'll ever need and the tools to help you accelerate your sales leadership career all in one place. Check out Sales Leadership United today. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders, I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. Tap into the power of coaching with people who have been there, done that. If you've ever wondered how other people with jobs similar to yours are addressing challenges you're facing now, reach out to the Jepson Performance Group and learn why sales leaders all around the world choose us as their performance partner. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Our show has been on fire. The feedback our episodes have been getting gets stronger and stronger every week, and I am so grateful to each of you for letting me know when you're getting something from the show that's a difference maker in your life. And today's show it's going to be another one that's going to make you want to reach out. We're going to take things up another notch today. I'm excited to welcome back another rare repeat guest. Sam Jacobs first joined the show four years ago in April of 2019. He was the CEO of Revenue Collective. That conversation was fantastic. One that's helped thousands of leaders around the world and one that from time to time I still get people to talk about to me about. Today, Sam has led a wildly successful growth story. Revenue Collective is now Pavilion. The growth of Pavilion has been incredible. Pavilion is an international community of sales, marketing, RevOps, and customer success leaders from some of the most successful companies in the world. Sam's company provides community, curriculum, and context to help revenue leaders worldwide unlock and achieve potential and then realize greatness they might not have even know they had within them. And with over 9,000 members worldwide and chapters in every major city in the world, First of all, you know that Sam's onto something. And second of all, pavilions helping revenue leaders everywhere become much more faster. Now, all along the way, Sam's won his share of accolades and turned more than his share of heads. He's hosted the Sales Hacker podcast for over five years. He's in the middle of how sales is changing every day. And recently, he published a best selling book that I'm really excited to discuss today. Sam's bestseller is called Kind Folks Finish First The Considerate Path to Success in Both Business and in Life. Sam's work around the world. He's observed how kindness isn't just a principle that's good for business, it's good for life. Now, Sam's a huge leader in the sales world today. If you haven't followed him already, you will be by the time the show is over, okay? I I can't wait to get this started. I'm so pumped to have him come back. Sam, welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, or I should say welcome back to the Sales Leadership Podcast, and thanks for joining me.
1: Rob, I am so excited to be here. I so much appreciate that introduction. And uh and it's also just been amazing, I have to say, you know, getting to know you over the past four years and watching your success. So uh the feeling is definitely mutual in terms of the mutual uh ad- admiration society that we've got going on. And I'm glad to be here.
0: Well, thank you. I I uh I have watched Pavilion blow up and I've watched the work you do at Pavilion be good for us and Today, we're going to be talking to 50,000 sales leaders who are going to be better off because you're going to share some insights that are going to help them, man. So thank you for joining us. Why don't you start, Sam, by just introducing yourself and Pavilion to a worldwide audience that's listening to you right now?
1: Sure um so uh, as you mentioned i'm the ceo and founder of pavilion it started off as a thing called revenue collective what's the point why do we exist we exist because the world has never been more uncertain particularly in technology you know uh, over a hundred thousand layoffs so far just in 2023 um the for an executive to have a career the average tenure for a high growth executive and the revenue customer facing uh, side is 17 months that means that people are changing jobs every year and a half and that means you're going to have 15 jobs over the course of, you know, 40 40 years working. And if that's true, what that means is that you're going to need some kind of association, organization, company that provides not just the skills that you need, because companies themselves are not we're past the days where you go to work for Oracle for 20 years. They are the ones, or PVC, or you know SAP, or HP, or whomever, or Salesforce, where you're going to work there for 20 years, and they're going to teach you your craft. You're going to have yep. to take your destiny into your own hands as an executive. and that And it doesn't just mean knowing how to sell or how to market. It means how to negotiate. It means what you should be paid and how to protect yourself. It means understanding how to make it to the c suite if you've only ever achieved a vp title it means understanding how to become a ceo one day and what are the things that you need to understand about how institutional investment works and there is no place that whose sole purpose is to help people learn those things connect to a global community of peers that are de- that are designed to support them and really as you mentioned rob you know achieve their their highest self really to get where people want to go in their career. So that's what Pavilion does. That's what we are. We exist purely as a mechanism to help revenue leaders achieve what they want to achieve in their career. And that means we want to help you make money. We want to help you have pick the right company. We want to help you have the right impact. We want to help you build the right relationships. We want to help you have the right mindset uh, in your life and not not get fired all the time like I did because uh, I've been fired for out of my last five jobs, so that's what Pavilion. You know, we are a global community, but there's a lot of communities out there uh, these days. They it's sort of a hot buzzword and it's a hot topic, but the point is, I don't really think communities are the communities are the input, right? They're not the output. They're not the reason for existence. The reason for existence. If you're going to pay money, and ours is a paid membership, you know, organization. If you're going to pay money, we need to deliver real value, and that's what we are aligned. That's why we exist: to deliver real value, practical skills, practical information. You know, one of the the buzz uh, the buzz phrases that that we invented yesterday in an executive team meeting was: we want to help you make friends, make skills, and uh, make money. It was really get friends, get skills, get paid. That's what we want to help you do, and that's why we exist. And and so you know that's what I do. My goal, and we've it's been a journey. To your point, Rob, since uh, the last time I was on, and we've tried a lot of different things, and we've pursued a lot of different directions. And what we're coming back to in 2023 is we exist for the individual human being. We're here for the sales leader. We want to work for all of the listeners of this podcast. And I'm contrasting that to your company. We. We like your company. We, we want your company to succeed, but only because you work for your company. Really, we want to work for our members who are individuals trying to build a life, trying to build a career in a modern world that has no certainty, no job security, no stability. And we are here to help you sleep better at night, get where you want to go in life, and unlock and achieve your professional potential, which just means there's greatness within you. We want to help bring it out.
0: Dude. That's a mission statement I can get excited about. And for those of people that don't know Sam, I, I know Sam a little bit. We've hung out a couple of times. Um, Sam's authentic when he says it. That, that's not just like a mission statement that hangs on a wall. Like you've dedicated good chunks of a career to do it. And I know people who have benefited personally from what you do. I, I've, I've had people tell me like, their personal success stories because of you and pavilion so kudos to you it's easy for me i can't wait to shine a light a little bit more on 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 pavilion we'll definitely want to have it easy for our our listeners to learn more about what you do okay
1: yeah and i and to your point rob just to underscore that you know i i try to mean it as much as i can and when i and anytime i've screwed up or messed up in the business it's because i haven't had exactly that mission statement directly in front of me. Every time I start working backwards from some financial outcome or, you know, what pavilion's going to be worth or what I might sell it for. That's when I get turned around and when I make a bunch of mistakes. And when I just say my, my, the reason why I exist is people pay me to help them in their careers. And that is what I'm getting out of bed to do every day. That's true north for me.
0: I relate to it. It's very similar to what I do as a performance coach. So I love it. We we have the same mission. We just do it different ways. So I
1: yeah, exactly. I got the
0: hair standing up on the back of my <laughs> neck, man. Um, real fast before you do to two things I want to hit and I want to make sure I have enough time. I always love doing this, and so I, I hope you don't mind me asking. What was your draw to sales? Like, I still am looking for the person that said, "Man, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be in sales when I grew up." Like, just very, very quickly, because it's so always so fun to hear what What was the thing that got you there? I I always feel I'm accidentally involved but intentionally successful.
1: That's exactly how I would frame it. I worked at a. I got into sales, uh, you know, I went to uh, uh, fi- uh, my, my concentration, my major in undergrad was finance. And I went okay. to the University of Virginia and went to the McIntyre School of Commerce. And to this day, they will not teach a course that has the word sales in it they because they yeah. think it's a dirty word. And so everybody that comes out of what we call the comm school is taught that you're supposed to go into finance, meaning investment banking, ultimately to go work at a hedge fund or private equity or VC, or you're supposed to go into strategy consulting and work for McKinsey Bain BCG. And so So, I went to work at this company, GLG, and uh, we were really successful. And even then, I didn't quite realize I was in sales. And then I came out of there. And then I realized that I didn't have any practical skills. And this was 2010. And I realized that if you want to be in a leadership position at a software company, you either build it or you sell it. And I don't know how to build it, I don't know how to write code. And so I figured, you know what? I got to become a great salesperson, even though I've been doing sales meaning help people solve problems, listen to those problems, create, you know, solutions that help them under, you know, help them address their concerns and get paid for it. I've been doing that my whole life, but I realized I was a salesperson in 2010. So it's really only been 13 years, even though I've been doing it for the 45 years I've been on this planet. I love it.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Let's get to the book. Can we start with the book? Is that okay?
1: Well, of course Um, we can.
0: For people that will be getting some of the video clips on Sales Leadership United, I'm wearing my shirt that I wear on every of my <laughs> and, and it says, Be kind. I wear it every time I fly on a plane. Okay. Uh, and so I, it's amazing, Sam, how many times when I'm in an airport and I purposely wear that shirt, Be kind, how many times people come up to me and say, Thank you for wearing that. Or a flight attendant's like, I wish more people would be like that. And, and I want one you, of those
1: shirts. I'm gonna get one of those shirts.
0: I'm gonna buy one for you as so a thank you for being on the show. Okay, <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm happy to support those uh, that company. I actually bought bought a bunch for some of my customers recently. Um, people are so appreciative of kindness. But when you wrote a book on it, I couldn't wait to like get my hands on it and start going through it because I hadn't thought about it from like a business angle. Can you just talk to me, start by starting this conversation about, you know, because like I said, I'm really into this kindness thing right now. I think it's, I think it's something that the world needs more of. Can you just first give our listeners, what made you think that it was a book that needed to be written and how kindness helps the giver maybe even more than it does the receiver?
1: Oh well, that's the whole point of the book.
0: So yeah, I know I have read um, it. I love your book, yeah. by the way. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> I mean, I um, I, it's pretty presumptuous to write a book. Any so you know I'm not. It wasn't an attempt to be egotistical. I have a coach that I talk to every Saturday, and through COVID, you know, we were an in-person events business. When you first talked to me, Rob, and I, if yeah. it was if it was the spring of 2019, then I was probably in Austin, Texas, where I was spending some time where my wife's family's from, and um, and we were a dinner club. And that's what we were. And then COVID came and we pivoted to like a digital first community. And we grew four x during COVID. We grew from about a million in recurring revenue to about four million in recurring revenue by the end of 2020, and uh, and then uh, after that, in the spring of 2021, was when Elephant Ventures invested 25 million dollars, and all of that was beyond my wildest dreams. And so my coach said, "You know, it's been a really tough time for a lot of people. A lot of people have done really well, and a lot of people haven't. And some people need to hear the story of the principles that underscore the founding of Pavilion." And what you achieved, even though it's not about bragging, it's about making it clear that this is one possible path to people available to them in life. Now, of course, there are other factors that contribute to success, as always, right? And a big one is, you know, when the feds printing money and uh, and there's a zero uh, and money is free and there's a zerp, there's a zero interest rate environment. Then yeah, a lot of a lot of businesses did really well, including mine. But I do think that that the lessons of the business are interesting. So here's what they here's what they are. Here's the point of the book. Here's here's why I wrote it. The the point of Pavilion was started because I was doing all of the things that I just described in my spare time for a long time before I turned it into a thing called Pavilion. And um and that is I always got a thrill out of helping people without asking for anything in return. And the whole point of the book kind folks finished first is that this is a strategy, exactly what you said, right? It's not about the, the recipient of the kind action that this is a strategy for you as, as an individual person, as an individual executive, an individual salesperson, this is a strategy for you to accelerate your professional development by helping other people without asking for anything in return. In fact, there's basically like three big ideas that really are, not that shocking when you say them, but again, they underscore a philosophy, a way of doing business. One of them is help people without asking for anything in return. The second is build relationships, not transactions, and the third is focus on the long term and play a big long game versus a short small game. And we can talk about what all of that means. But what it means in, in practice is that you know we've been taught or or you hear right and of course the title of the book is a pun on nice guys finish last which was you know a baseball reference from awesome. the 30s yeah. yeah but um but the point is we've been taught like that you know you, you have to be you have to be cold you have to be a killer you have to be a shark it's called shark tank you know and and uh and and the the trump's book is the art of the deal and you know you're taught that never never leave money on the table never split the difference even though that's not quite what chris voss means that yeah. is the title of the book right but the point is that um there's another path to success and i remember talking to the publishers wiley published the book and this woman, Shannon, said you know, Sam, uh, we think we should call it like, you know, the kindness principle or just call it kind or be kind. It's not really about finishing first, right? It's not about competing. It's just about the fact that being kind is a better way to live. And I said, no, Shannon, you got it completely wrong. That's not true. The point of the book is that this is a method, this is a practice for competition. That's the point. The point is that you've been taught that being kind and we can discuss what being kind means explicitly versus, you know, being nice because they're sort of different and why I use the word kind. But it's not about just feeling good when you go to sleep at night. It's not just about like, you know, going to confession at church and saying, you know, you feel good about what you did last week. Uh, It is about a path to success. That's the point of the book. The point of the book is that you can build a competitive advantage by not asking for anything in return when you help people because everybody else does ask for something in return. The point of the book is that you can accumulate the more you help other people the more you become somebody that can help other people somebody that can help lots and lots of other people is a very powerful person the point of the book is that kindness is a path to accumulating power and influence and not in some nefarious way not in some bad way but listen if you want to be ambitious the point of the book is that's a good thing it's a it's a good thing to 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 want great things for yourself and to have ambition and it's a good thing to want to make money there's nothing wrong with making money yep. and and all of that is this is a path to make money this is a path to get promoted. This is a way to position yourself differently than every other person that every time they do something for you, they send you an invoice and ask for 10 percent of whatever it was that they did. And um, and so that's the point. The <laughs> point of the book is like this is a path to different to competing differently. And it's a path that I used and I talk about. So in some ways, the book is the building of pavilion. And in other ways, it's these principles that I extract as I reflect on it. And I guess the last thing I would say is, um, you know, which which I don't know if it's controversial. I always feel a bit bit weird. Uh, It's a bit woo woo, I guess. But part of the point of the book is that when you talk about kindness, the first place you need to start is with yourself. And that was the hardest lesson for me to learn, which is that. To be kind to other people, you need to be kind to yourself. And I spent a very, very long time in my career not being kind to myself. And what I mean by that is not being happy with what I accomplished, not being content with my station, constantly comparing myself to others, constantly telling myself in some way, shape or form that I was a loser or that I wasn't getting or doing enough. And part of what I try to communicate in the book is it first starts with mindset, it first starts with how you view the world, how you relate to the world, and what kind of place you're coming from, and you have to come from a place where you like yourself, you're kind to yourself and you're compassionate, because then you can be the person that is content where you are now the way to get other things you know, uh, paradoxically, which is almost like Buddhism, is the the, more, the less you need anything else to happen, the more it wants to happen for you. But the more that you need it to happen, the less that it wants to happen for you. So it's this constant balance, but it all starts with mindset. So I wrote the book because I wanted to underscore those ideas. I wanted to tell people that, and it's sort of predicated on capitalism, you know, uh, and and the amazing country that the United States is because it's not some of these ideas aren't possible in other systems of government. I read this book about, you know, Italy in the 14th century and the, the rise of the Medici family. And, you know, when when you're slitting people's throats, you know, for for the slightest infraction, yeah, kind folks probably are not going to finish first. But in this world, in this system that we have, there are a lot of ways to win. And this the other point of the book is it's this is not the only way. There are lots of ways. There are plenty of jerks that are billionaires. That's true. Yeah. But I know a this, few. Exactly. exactly <laughs> especially if you live in Salt Lake, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's been some people that have built some really, really big businesses out of Utah. But um, uh, but my point is, like, this is one other way. This is a choice. You have a choice. You can do it any way that you want. Uh, there, there's a way to be a jerk and there's a way to be kind and 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 you're not sacrificing success when you choose the kind path.
0: Ah, oh, that's good. You're not sacrificing success when you choose the kind path. You know, that's interesting that you say that because there is, especially in, for ambitious people, right? There is like a stigma, I guess,
1: of that, right? Where do you think that stigma comes from, Sam? I it's human nature. It's the, you know, whatever, it's like the, the, the donut experiment when they give it to little kids. Yeah. It's and I'm not particularly religious Rob, but the point is like playing a long game, being kind, helping people without asking for anything, return, not keeping score. That comes from faith. That's where it comes from. And that is hard for people. That is very hard. The whole point of faith is that it's not guaranteed. That's why it's faith it is not it's not a promise it's not a contract it's the it's it's energy and so when you do something for somebody and you and they don't immediately reward you or somebody takes advantage of you in some way after you feel like i listened to sam on the podcast i did what he said and it didn't work out in this particular instance and 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 that way of thinking arises very naturally from the fact that um I'm advocating a longer game i'm not advocating a transactional game i'm not saying do this and you will instantly be rewarded press this button get a jelly donut what i'm saying is you have to reorient your perspective and stretch it out over 20 years or 30 years not one year and not one week not i've helped this person now two times over the last two weeks and they haven't done anything for me in return this system is bullshit this isn't working that's not what I'm saying. And that's hard for people to process. It's hard for me to process, right? That I have mm. to believe, I have to believe in a longer, a bigger thing that's happening besides me and I have to invest in that thing and I have to trust that it will come back. And that's I don't I don't fault people for not believing it or being skeptical about it because it's because the whole point is that it's not guaranteed. If it were to be guaranteed, it wouldn't require faith. It would if it's guaranteed it's a transaction.
0: So here's why I love what you're saying. I haven't mentioned this on the podcast. So I'm going to go a little personal. So hang here with me for a minute. This is like sure. Rob and Sam unplugged. This is like the old MTV days. unplugged. <laughs> we'll get my day. acoustic out. <laughs> Dude, let's go. I, I'll get my tailor. Um, so I, I, I'm a believer in this concept that everyone has like these unfair advantages. I, I like that that everybody has things are advantages gotta learn them. And one of mine was I was raised by a man who was an engineer. He was the he was the inventor of the laser printer for Hewlett Packard. Okay. Wow. I was I was surrounded by innovation my whole life. Like in our garage we had pre- printers that never made it to market. Okay. And um he died a couple months ago and I haven't mentioned that on the show. And so he he passed and it was that was hard. And I'm sorry. That's a whole nother thing. I had the opportunity to go back uh, to my hometown of Boise yesterday and speak to the leaders of Boise. And it was awesome. And I I tied it in with three lessons that I learned from my father, because he built so much of the Boise printer division where all their laser printers are built to this day. And um, the first lesson um, that I, I shared was there's no happy accidents. And I talked about my father's like when he was building printers, he needed to know that if I built this, I could put it on a production floor. And if we put a hundred printed circuit boards through the machine, we'd get a hundred out. I had to have all on the walls. Like I grew up watching this zero defects is what it said on the walls. And when I went into sales, he couldn't process that. He's like sales doesn't work because there's no guarantees. You can't say if this, then this a hundred percent of the time you can't do it. And he, he always felt like he failed as a father because he had a kid in sales. And uh, it's interesting. Oh, no, 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 no. It's great. <laughs> that, that, that's not what this is about. What I'm saying is we as sales leaders and we as salespeople, we know that there's no sure things. Every one of us has done things as right as can be done and still lost a deal. Fair to say? Yeah, 100%. But the flip side also, Sam, we've screwed up a deal 10 ways from Sunday and somehow still won. Also True.
1: Also true. Especially if you had a good product, if your dad, if your son, one of your dad's Mm. printers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, that's why I say this your idea of playing the long game and don't get frustrated if you're kind and it doesn't give you instant dopamine it doesn't give you because then it's not kind all it is like you said it's transaction kindness has to be because you're being kind not because you have an ulterior motive just like when you when you do sales and you're trying to connect to problems I don't even think that works anymore I think you got to connect to priorities these days I I think you know our customers say i got 99 problems and your pitch ain't one and uh, we have to connect to pri- priorities now we have to be able to do that. that's why i love this this should resonate with sales leaders because we're used to having you know we don't have that zero defects approach to sales that works in engineering but it most certainly does not work in sales is that is that accurate when i say that is that fair
1: yeah of course it's fair and uh you're right. You're, now, the other hand, salespeople are taught like I did the thing, pay me. And again, this is p- part of part of this philosophy is like zoom out and take just take a longer term view and just think about. And in fact, if you're a seller, right, think about how you feel when you uh, have a full pipeline and you've got a f- stacked day of calls and they're all closing calls and oh. you've already hit your quota. And think about the energy that you bring to those interactions and what what is that energy that is. Um, you know, my coach always talks about this. And again, I I, almost, I sound like I'm like evangelical, but I'm not, I'm not particularly religious, but he says- I'm not either. So I relate to what you're saying. I love this. <laughs> the Bible says, you know, to he who hath much more shall be given, right? The person yep. that comes from a place of havingness, the person that doesn't need the deal, that's the person that the customer or the prospect wants to interact with. The salesperson that is desperate, That will do anything to close the deal that's throwing every discount under the sun that is you know how about a 60 day opt out how about this and how about that uh that's the person that the buyer doesn't want to buy from because they can sense the desperation and what i'm talking about fundamentally is something almost mystical which is the energy that you're summoning from the universe has to be an energy of abundance that if you are Gratitude, you know, my coach says gratitude is the energy most harmonious with abundance in the universe. If you're coming from a place of having, you're somebody that already has. You don't need. That's that can transform your life. That's that's the long game. That's the non transactional way to do it. That is, I'm helping you. And think about how good that. I just and again, all of these came from like when I was in my you know, for years now, I've been doing this. I've been like making introductions to people, even people that don't like me trying to help people find jobs, trying to help people negotiate. I get hit up on LinkedIn. Somebody's like, I'm going through this tough time. I'm not a pavilion member. Is it okay if we chat? I say, sure. Call me right now. Here's my cell phone. And we get on the phone and, and just the idea, the feeling of freedom that I have that I don't need anything from that person. What can I do for you? Nothing. I don't need anything from you. I'm doing it. I'm just Putting deposits in the bank of karma, one day it'll pay back. And it has. It has. It has for me in a million different ways. And that's the point.
0: All right. So I love this. I'm pissed right now, Sam. We're down <laughs> to 20 minutes. We got to yeah. be done to 20 freaking minutes. I knew this would go fast. You gave me your three format, your three steps, uh, help people without asking for your return, relationships, not transactions, and then long-term game or the playing the long game. I like that. I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about kind versus nice. I really want to get into and I think we need to save time for this. Since this is the sales leadership podcast, how do sales leaders adopt these principles and ways to lead their team better? Is, is that the way can you address some of those things? I don't like God. I feel like I give you a fat question, <laughs> but we only got 20 minutes, dude. So, so well, let's talk where, about where kind versus
1: and let's talk about kind versus nice because this relates to like okay, how go. sales leaders and how people can uh can you know deploy some of these practices with their team. So okay. the, the, the first thing is, you know, this is really like I'm just borrowing from Kim Scott more than anything else. Um, you know, for the the author of Radical Candor, but what the difference between being nice and being kind for me and and there's a funny story because by the way, the the book was going to be called nice folks finish first. It was always going to be folks. Really? I didn't want it to be guys. Yeah. And then I go running uh, every Saturday or most Saturdays with my friend, Scott and my friend, Mike and uh, my friend, Scott says to me, he said, so what's the book called? I said, nice folks finish first. He says, huh, And then he doesn't say anything. Okay. And then and then I say, What? (laughs) Because he's a pain in my ass. And he said, You know, Sam, (laughs) I love you so much. I love you. You're wonderful. You're so funny. You're interesting. You're so smart. Nice is not the first word that pops into my mind when I think of you. And uh And I I thought that was funny. And he's right. And he's right. You know, and for me, nice is about being super fit. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's good to be nice. Um, But it's a little bit more superficial. You know, it's, it's, it's about being in a good mood. It's about being chipper. It's about pleasantries. And I still believe in pleasantries. I'm not saying nice is bad. I'm just saying kind is a deeper, longer thing sometimes kind and this specifically relates to like how do you deploy it with your teams well part of how you deploy it with your teams is you give them honest feedback of course not shocking but you give them honest feedback even when you care about them and that's what that's what radical candor is for Kim Scott, yeah. right? It's yeah. this this act two axes of how much you care about the person, and then you know the the um, the fact is that you're trying to give them like directed practical advice, but it has to be true, and they have to know that you care about them so that you can give them that advice, and that can be kind. It could be kind to fire somebody from a job that they're not succeeding, and as long as you try to do it with kindness, which means hey. Try to make sure that you pay them severance. Try to make sure that you take care of them. Try to make sure that if there's a good fit for them somewhere else that you help help them find that outcome. But the big thing is that I think kindness is about the truth. It's about letting people know that you want them to have the truth or at least the truth from your perspective, even if it hurts their feelings, as long as they understand that you're coming from a place not of vindictiveness, but that you still see them as, as a person, as a human being, that you have to you know, paraphrase the Arbinger Institute, you have an outward mindset. Uh, as you engage with them. I think that's the primary way that that you can think about deploying this, specifically as a sales manager working with a team. What are some other ways? Well very specifically. Right. And this I'm borrowing from a couple different, uh, you know, books now, but there's this great book, the jolt effect that just came out by this guy, Matt Dixon and, it, yeah. um, and Ted McKenna. And they talk about how one of the strategies is like, Hey, if, if people are afraid to buy, then maybe sell them the smaller thing before you try to sell them the bigger thing. So if you're coaching your reps and they're trying to build credibility, it's just like, if you're managing a restaurant, coaching waiters, don't try to have them sell the most expensive bottle of wine on the menu. You develop a lot more credibility and a lot more rapport and you build longer term relationships with your customers when they when you're honest with your customers, when you point out and this again is like referencing, you know, Todd Capone, the transparency is what I was
0: going to say. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, like
1: tell them about the flaws. Tell them about what what doesn't work. Bill, be honest you can be honest if you're coming from a place of having this right you can be honest because you're like if this deal doesn't close it doesn't mean i'm out on the street and it doesn't mean it means they maybe weren't a good fit so i'm going to be honest with this person and i'm going to tell them how it really works and i'm not going to try and sell them the super premium duper package with a million different upgrades what i'm going to try and do is figure out i can sense that they're a little nervous and maybe we'll figure out a smaller way to pilot the solution before we grow into the longer term solution now of course there's a lot of factors that come into play for you to be able to do that. One of them is you have to believe in the product because if you know that the product doesn't work, then and you're trying to shove it down somebody's throat and it's not going to do the thing that it says that it's going to do, then yeah, you're not in you don't have the luxury of being kind, which is, you know, part don't of it. We'll do kind. that. Just don't yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So those are those are some ideas about how you can deploy them in real life. But for me, it all, it's all interconnected because what I'm really saying is I'm saying build long-term relationships with your customers, and that's why I run a recurring revenue business. That's why I run a subscription business because my incentives are directly aligned to my customers. If I suck or if we start sucking more or, or getting sucky, people are going to cancel, you know? And so I got to make sure that I'm building something valuable, that I'm building something real that has practical value in their lives or people are going to cancel. And frankly, lots of people have canceled, you know, over the last year or so. And and it's up to us at Pavilion to make sure that we are constantly listening to our customers so that we can improve the experience so that they want to come back. So that's.
0: So good. I, I've got, I'm on like the second page of notes already, dude. And <laughs> and, and, and I'm, my mind is turning really fast about, so I think that the primary role of a sales leader is not to hit a number for the company. I, I think there's three roles. I've talked about this on the show. I want to share them with you. And let's, I think kindness fits into here. I think role one is the development of people. So our job is to be a collaborator, not a dictator. I think role two is to build an environment where all the motivated people that are there can thrive, not just survive. And to do that, you've got to be an influencer, not just an architect, because culture and environment is about behaviors. You can't clap your hands and say, do this. They have to buy in. And then the last one is accomplishment. And that means you got to be the strategist to win with what you have. So development, environment, accomplishment are our roles, I think. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that as I listen to kindness and this idea of playing the long game with people. And you've talked about customers. My mind is going to for a sales leader. We got a lot of sales leaders listening to you right now. Kindness as a sales leader means investing in the long term development of those people fortunate enough to have you as a leader.
1: Yes, no, am, yeah, I, am I off? Yeah, you're, you're, ex- and what's a good example of that? A good example of that is, you know, a manager that can have an honest conversation about the career prospects for your rep, even if those career prospects don't mean that they keep working at your company, you know, Uh, a a great kind kind of uh, embodying sales leader is the person that can say, this is your journey with us, and there might be a time when your journey takes you outside of the four walls of this company, and you know what, that's okay. Because I trust, I'm coming from a place of havingness, and I trust that I can build an environment that takes motivated people and turns them into winners. So there's no key man risk with you, Mr. or Ms. Top Rep. You're doing great and you're fantastic, and I want you to succeed. And if going on to work at some new company is the path that you've chosen for yourself, then I want to celebrate that. And that's part of you know, the embodiment of like this idea of havingness, that like there's no single thing that is the determinant for you in your for your success or your failure and that if your top rep if their path takes them to some other place, because, you know, so many people don't promote their best reps to managers or they, they try to shield them from job opportunities. They're like, don't join pavilion. There's a job board in pavilion and you'll see all these other jobs. I'm like, do you think that they're not seeing Shoot us, Yeah. <laughs> like, <Jesus Christ. laughs> like, they, do they people are, still say that? Are they oh, still saying hundred percent? hundred percent. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I don't want, I don't want my reps to be poached. I'm like, well, I don't know they live in the world so you know they're going to be on LinkedIn they're going to they're they're going to be aware that they are, that you are not the only employer uh you know in the world but what do I know so
0: that's right. an so, example
1: and to your point yeah I agree with what you said
0: well no it's a really good example I'm I'm thinking I'm so I'm trying to think of that one of the things that we always try to do is to give people like checklists or things that they might think about or do and and one of the things that strikes me from our conversation is as I listen to you Sam everything you say resonates with me intellectually and it makes sense but more important, it speaks to me here. Like, I feel it. Like, what you say, I feel. And so you're very authentic in this commitment to this kindness approach. Um, for people that may not have thought about there's probably some people say, oh, I think I kind of do that. But I want to help people do that intentionally. Because your framework is about intentionally leading with this, not conditionally, not because it's going to get me something in the short term. But it's just fundamentally who I am. Any have you ever had people say, Hey, this is different? Like, how do I have people like believe that this is real? Is that just principle three? You got to do the long game and it'll speak for itself. Or do you see what I'm, I mean? I don't know if I'm asking the question well enough. How do you have people really buy into this that you're being authentic when you do it rather than have the what's this guy trying to get past me? You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> well, there's going to be some percentage of people that do that no matter what. So, part of okay, it is like you got to put that down a little bit and you know especially in the modern world you know especially yeah there's just there's people that are looking to be offended on both sides of the aisle you know and so um so that's one thing it's just you can't worry too much the second thing is got to lead with your actions and you got to demonstrate that you mean it and that might mean as a leader you know what it tends to mean is like all good leadership it tends to mean getting your hands dirty with your team and doing some of the things that you're asking them to do and demonstrating that you believe that it works you know it doesn't do any good to talk about kindness and then you know the customer auto renews, and you never gave them any notice, and they say, "Hey, you know, you charged my credit card for ten thousand bucks. Can I have my money back?" And you say, "No effing way!" You know, you auto renewed, and all of your people are saying, "Well, I thought this this person talks about kindness and and yeah. like told us not to send the renewal notification, and now won't send the money back." So, you know, part of it. And frankly, we got to do this too at Pavilion. We don't make it super easy to cancel. I'm nervous about making it too easy to cancel. I don't think making it super, super easy to cancel something that you're supposed to be committed to is kindness, but maybe I'm being a maybe I'm being a hypocrite. I don't give but
0: refunds. I, I don't give refunds. Like, yeah, I just, I don't do it. So I understand what you're saying, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's it's like, you got to decide for yourself what kindness means for you, and then you got to embody those principles. And people will be aware if you are not, if your actions aren't and your words are not in alignment.
0: So there's going to be a lot of people that are going, okay, this is really cool. I want to finish. I want to finish with giving people time to learn how to look at, to, to get more of you. And I hope we have a minute or two to get to your state of what's happening in sales. Sure. This might be a good way to wrap this first part. Cause I think it's so interesting. You're speaking to a lot of leaders right now, any like, Hey, if you want to self-assess, like, where are you on this kindness continuum? like, like I, I don't know, sometimes people have bad self, self-awareness. self I just got off a coaching call with someone that's his biggest concern is one of their top people has horrible self-awareness. And we were talking about how do you talk about that? Interestingly, in a kind way, okay? And um, so people that are listening, like any like frameworks at all or thoughts like, hey, here's some things you might wanna think about as a leader. Here's some things- you know, like maybe you've seen some common traps that people fall into, or maybe there's some easy ways to start doing the things that you've talked about. So people, as they get done listening to this, as they walk their dog or they drive or whatever they do, they're thinking, "Yeah, I'm going to try that." Like any any things that they might do to become more kind?
1: Yeah, and I uh, <clears throat> happy to again in the spirit of kindness, selling something I have no economic interest in, which is this book. I don't know if people know the Arbinger Institute, but I read this book called The Outward Mindset. They got a, an office in Salt Lake, by the way, uh, Rob. But um, I don't know them, yeah. Oh, they're, they're a really cool company. And they really embody a lot of the values. And this is just coincidence. I just happened to read this book recently. But they do these workshops and they say, the part, the, the first part of the work, like you identify all your problems, you know, work problems, business problems, whatever. And then they say, let's start with the assumption. We're just going to start with the assumption, even if you don't believe it, we're going to start with the assumption that all of it is your fault, that like the, that all of the problems in your life are, are because of you, not because of the other person. And let's figure out what flows from that. And I think that's a really, you know, uh, you've been, you know, I'm, I'm, this is my second marriage, you know, so I've, I've been divorced and, um, And I remember, uh, you know, having some problems in my marriage at one point. And one of my friends said, you know, what if you what if she was just perfect? What if she was just perfect? And I laughed. I was like, well, that's obviously not true. (laughs) 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 And you see how I'm not what we can do. Part of kindness is taking responsibility for yourself and saying, most of the things that happen to me in my life are the result of my actions. And by the way, that's really good news because that means you can do something about it. You can do something about it. You can change. You don't need the world to change, to change your results. You can change and your results mm. will change. And so it starts from, okay, let's assume that the person you're having a problem with is perfect. And I know somebody's going to be like, I I mean, I get it, Sam, I'm listening. I get it. You know, I'm on my run right now. Listen to this podcast. But this is just not true. The person I have a problem with, they are crazy. And part of, you know, the Arbinger Institute talks to us about is, you know, everybody else is in two dimensions and you're in three dimensions. For you, the reason that you did that bad thing has a million explanations and you were having a bad day and you didn't get enough sleep and somebody you just got off a tough phone call. But when somebody does something to you, like when you're wearing your be kind shirt, somebody cuts in front of you in the airport line you know, they're a jerk, you know, and they're, they're a bastard. And when they say, you know, uh, uh, people that serve in the armed forces and you see somebody walk up and they, and they say people needing assistance and you're like, that motherfucker does not need assistance. Part of my, (laughs) you know, but, but you get to be in front of the line. (laughs) I would say like, (laughs) let's challenge the fundamental thing that you think, which is that you're the hero and everyone else is the villain. That's where you can start and start with the idea. You're not a villain. Nobody's a villain. That's not the point. The point is, let's start with the idea that you're causing the problem. And what would you change if that were true? love it.
0: My favorite, you said so many good things. We're going to have so many nuggets that we chop up and put in Sales Leadership United on this, man. But I love the idea that the pathway to success is built on kindness. You said that earlier. I wrote that down. I never thought of that before. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for promoting that to a large body of sales leaders who have a large impact in the world. So let's, let's wrap here. Let's start to shut this down. I wanna go first and then we'll come back and give you a couple final thoughts. I first want to uh, give you a chance. How do people learn more about Pavilion? How do people get your book? Uh, how do people get more of your content? I follow you. You you have like multiple times a day great things coming out
1: that I love. Yeah, I post twelve uh, times a day, twelve times a week, twelve times a week okay. on LinkedIn, twice a day during the week, and once a day on the weekend. So yeah, if you want to hear more stuff, some of which you'll agree with, some of which you won't, uh, that's okay. Uh, it's on LinkedIn. You click the little bell to be notified of my posts. If you want to learn more about Pavilion, go to joinpavilion.com. If you've achieved a VP level above at any point or, or senior director at a larger company, you can, you can become an executive member and you can enroll online and, um, and you can use uh, the code VIP Sam for 10% off uh, if you want to. And uh, you can buy my book uh, on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. It's called kind folks finish first, leave a review if you want to. Um, but, and if you want to do none of that stuff, but you just want to tell me that I'm full of shit, uh, you can email me, Sam at One L. Sam,
0: you are, you are epic. This was even better <laughs> than our first one. I knew this would be good. I knew it would be great. I knew I would love it. Cause I'm, like I said, I'm really into the kindness thing right now. Uh, I I'm so happy you've decided to explore that a little bit. Let's finish with this. We have two minutes. I love your state, like you're seeing a lot of things. You you are working with leaders in sales organizations, not just tech, a lot of tech, but there's more than just tech to what you work with. Um, You're seeing a lot of things happen. Any thoughts that you would share with a large body of sales leaders on what you're seeing? Like as a sales leader, here's a couple of thoughts I think you ought to think about that might help you. However, maybe it's adding predictability in an unpredictable world. Maybe it's navigating store. I don't know. Just your kind of thoughts, two or three minutes on that and we'll wrap this thing up.
1: Here's my main thought for sales leaders, um, especially venture capital-backed sales leaders at high-growth companies with with you know aggressive growth expectations, whether they're unrealistic or, unreal, uh, or not, right? And this is part of what we teach at Pavilion. We teach uh, CRO school, and we start with developing a theory of enterprise value, which is really just a way of saying, this is what I'm saying to you now, if you're listening as a sales leader, what I'm saying to you is it's we are past the time when the financial performance of the company is exclusively the responsibility of the CFO. That is what I'm telling you. You have to understand not just how to hit the number, but what the cost of hitting the number is. That is my advice to sales leaders. It is not enough to hit the number. You have to understand unit economics. You have to understand margin. You have to understand what am I paying people because we were in an environment in 2020 and 2021 where, you know, SDRs were making hundred grand a year and AEs were making 200 grand a year. And I saw something on some website where, you know, the golden standard for comp is 900 quota against like 350 uh OTE. And like that math does not work for the business. Like you need, you can't be paying 40% or 50% of the revenue that comes into the salesperson. You're going to not no. going to have any money to run the business with. So, you're a sales leader, it's time that you learn how to read a profit and loss statement. You gotta learn how to read a P&L. You need financial fluency. You need to be able to calculate your customer acquisition cost, your lifetime value, your payback period. You just need to understand how much am I spending and how much am I getting back and does that work? Does that work for the business? That is my message to sales leaders because we're not, the, the money is no longer free. It's not even available most of the time. There's, there's we are at, as my mentor said, we're at the Nader of valuations. Right. Your company has never been worth less in the last five years than it is worth today, or at least over, you know, sometime in the last six months. Most certain amazingly performant companies accepted. But you got to know what, how to drive real sustainable long term value. And that comes from a financial understanding of the business, not just I, you know, whatever I do to hit the number, that's my job is to hit the number. Your job is not just to hit the number, it's to hit the number at the right cost.
0: Boom. Sam, thank you. Me I uh, too, will get your. I will get your address, and you will have a shirt coming from me soon. Um, uh, to everyone, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Uh, we just had the awesome opportunity to to hear from someone who is involved in more conversations around sales and sales leadership than maybe anybody else right now. Like he's made that his his ecosystem, and he is he is living in there. He is thriving in there. I hope that you've enjoyed this. I hope you've taken notes. I hope you'll go back and listen to this one over and over. His name is Sam Jacobs. He's helping sales leaders all around the world realize that the pathway to success is built on kindness. Uh, He's built a resource that you should take advantage of. If you haven't looked at Pavilion, take my advice and check him out. I think you'll be glad you did. If all you do is get his book and read it, you'll be better off. If you get his content on LinkedIn on a regular basis, you'll be a better leader. Sam, Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. I hope I have you back in sooner than four years next time. And and I'll say like I say every time, brother, because we both are still in it. Happy selling.
1: Thank you, Rob. It was awesome being here. And uh, it was really an honor and I really appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What
0: portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Listen, creating sales leadership assets is hard. And I mean really hard. I'm talking about sales team meetings. I'm talking about training materials. I'm talking about sales leadership frameworks. Uh, That's why I created Sales Leadership United. I've taken all of the tools, all of the techniques, all of the trainings that I've been able to use to work with some of the most elite, most successful sales leaders in the world and brought them to you so you can use in your organization. I want you to think of sales leadership united as a home depot for sales leaders there's everything you need to take your sales leadership game up to help you create elite impact with those you need i'm talking about sales leadership systems meeting systems coaching systems recruiting systems forecasting systems deal coaching systems mindset coaching systems frameworks that have been used and are updated ready for you to use right now and tailor and make yours video insights from this episode with Sam and then dozens of other elite sales leaders worldwide. Go in, type in a topic that you want help with, you'll find frameworks, you'll find video content, and you'll find all kinds of insights for you to use right away. You're going to also get weekly insights on things that I'm seeing as I work with other sales leaders to solve problems similar to the ones you're up against. Listen, people join Sales Leadership United because of the depth of the assets that are there so deep, but they stay because the tools stay so current, so relevant, and so immediately applicable. So don't try to reinvent stuff. And also don't get stale holding on to your systems and tools of the past. If If you want 2023 performance, you need 2023 tools. You can find Sales Leadership United on Patreon, and for less than the cost of a lunch, you can invest in yourself in a way that will supercharge your journey as a sales leader. So tap into those tools, those trainings, and those techniques used by some of the most successful sales leaders in the world, and check out Sales Leadership United today. Now listen, Sam's a beast in the sales world. I have been so excited to welcome him back to the show. He joined us four years ago, and since then he has done amazing things. Sam is responsible for so much good done for the sales profession, and he means it when he says, Pavilion exists for the individual human being. Go back and listen to the way he introduces Pavilion at the very start of this episode. It will give you some insight to this man, and he's so authentic, and it's so real what he says. And I'll just say it now, if you're not connected to Sam and you're a sales leader, fix that now. Find him on LinkedIn. Use the show notes that we've given you. Connect to him. His work and the work of his pavilion team is 100% about you, not just your performance, you. So I'm so glad to have him on, if only for his final thoughts that he shared at the end, where he talked about the upgrade we need to make to make sure that we understand more than just sales these days, that we need to understand the financial side and the, the, those financial drivers of the success of the business, not just the deal dynamics. But honestly, my primary reason for having Sam home was to talk about why kindness is so important, because I think kindness is something that as the world changes, kindness is not keeping up uh, we're really agenda driven. And, and, and I think that this book kind folks Finish first is one that I would recommend to every single sales leader. A lot of people tell me they're not readers. Get it on audio. If you're not a reader, if you are a reader, get it, you're going to, you're going to like it. I've read it. I love it. It's a great read. Uh, I've had my family read it. And like anything, I love that Sam shared with us that kindness starts with your mindset. That you're not sacrificing success if you choose kindness. It doesn't make you a pushover. And just as important, kindness isn't a negotiating or a relationship kind of ploy or tool or strategy. Kindness is about helping people without asking for anything in return. It's altruistic. It's just because it's the right thing to do. And what I really like about it is that Sam wrote this after traveling the world, working with sales teams of all shapes and sizes, all stages of growth, all industries, and he based it on observations. He's based it on what he's seen, what he's experienced. And it's this simple. Kindness can't be conditional. You can't say or do something in order, you know, with this hope that you'll return something. Kindness, it's only about doing things because you want to be helpful. It's about relationships, not actions. And it fuels your long game. And I'll say this probably more than once. It's because it's the right thing to do. And as Sam and as I were talking, I couldn't help but think about my personal definition of networking. When I teach networking to sales leaders and and what that means, here's my definition. I always start with a clear definition. Networking is developing relationships you can count on before you need them. If you only network because you need them, you're going to have poor networking. You want to network well before you need them. Because if you do it that way, when you do need them, then they'll be there for you. But you don't build them only so you can leverage them because that's cheap. And people don't appreciate that. And they can see through that. Um, You build them because this is a person you truly want to be connected with. Someone that you truly have interest in. And you want to make sure that you are reaching out first. And that's how kindness should be. You should be reaching out with kindness. Not because you want something, but because that's just who you are. That's how kindness should always be. And, and the, the evidence shows that kinder people are happier people. And the work of people like Sean Aker has showed us that happier people are more successful people. A lot of people think I'll get successful and then I'll be happy. But the research shows happy people do more. If you haven't read The Happiness Advantage, I'd recommend that one as well. So take some time to be mindful of how you can add more kindness to your leadership approach, how you can add more kindness to the environment you build. And while it will pay dividends to you, That's not the reason to do it. You do it because it's the right thing to do. Doing the kind thing, first of all, it's not always the nice thing. I love how Sam uh, delineated between kindness and niceness, but kindness is never the wrong thing. More kindness makes every part of our world better. More kindness will help create a better place that we can all thrive. More kindness will lead to more fulfillment, more satisfaction, and yes, ultimately, In the long game, more success. So my challenge to you is to think about how you can be more intentional with your kindness. Everyone you encounter will be better off as a result of it. So Sam, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your kindness to me. I'm so appreciative these days of people that show just a little more kindness. And today's episode, my man, as good as the first one was, this one was better. My advice to every one of our 50,000 listeners, get Sam's book, read it. Implement this mindset. Work on the kindness mindset because that will fuel authentic action. And if you haven't connected already, do it. Reach out to Sam and connect. Check out Pavilion. The resources they offer sales leaders are second to none. You will be so glad to be a part of what's going on there. Sam and his team will help every single part of your sales leadership career. And I've put several links to Sam's resources in our show notes. Use them. I made it really easy for you to find Sam and what he has to offer, and you'll be glad you did. So Sam, once again, thank you. Thanks for your willingness to share with the sales leaders all around the world. I appreciate you. I can't wait to get you back sometime sooner than four years from now for round three. And be sure to check out Sales Leadership United, where you can get video segments of the highlights of my conversations with Sam. I'll have several clips that will be huge leadership resources for you. You'll want to use those videos for sure. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners, the greatest compliment you can give us is when you share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, and you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to Patreon and check it out. You'll be glad you did. Thank you for support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people you lead. And if you like this message, please share it this week with someone who needs to hear it. Let's get after it this week because life is short. You got no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. So maximize what you do today. Be elite, live strong, chase your passions, and do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't ever forget, you got this and I got you. Have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's Rob at J-E-P-P-G.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.